Yo, what's up, everyone? This is your boy, Glenn. Welcome to Rockstar's podcast. Uh, this is episode number one. Um, welcome. I'm very excited to, to be doing this. Um, first of all, I just want to want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Rockstar Vintage, the leading and original vintage uh, online store here in Dubai. It's more than just an online store. It's a vibe. It's a, it's a way of living. It's a way of, you know, way of life. Um, it's all about being a rock star. Um, and that's the whole message that I want to spit uh, and and want to bring to you on on this podcast. Um, I'm really excited to do this actually, and it was it, I've got to give a, a shout out to my man uh, Carlo Miller Fitness, also known as the Scotsman. Um, <laughs> he's probably the best PT in Dubai. Um, he's also a very good friend of mine, and he was the one who got me onto this uh, or told me to do this. Basically, I was I was always thinking that I needed to do a podcast. Um, and, and the main reason I wanted to do it was not only to create really, really good content for Rockstar Vintage, which is also my brand um, and, and a brand that I'm launching within the within the coming weeks, um, but also to educate or entertain you. Um, I, I follow some really, really cool podcasts and some really, really cool people. Um, and I feel like I can certainly bring some real value to, to anyone who listens. Um, I'm hoping I can bring some real value to anyone who listens. And I've got some really cool speakers lined up over the next six weeks um the theme uh, the themes that i'm going to be basing this particular podcast on or this podcast is not particular it's the only one that i'm doing is around business vintage obviously i'm running a vintage online retailer um fashion and culture okay those three or four things are serious passions in my life i love business i love everything about business. I love learning about business, doing business, understanding business, seeing people who are building uh, you know, amazing businesses, trying to understand the type of person they are, their work ethic, the, their morals, um, you know, their systems, their procedures, their way of thinking. You know, I'm obviously a vintage aficionado. I love vintage. I love everything about vintage. I'm obsessed, especially with vintage T-shirts like the drape, the fit, the fade, whether it's seriously distressed. If you know me, uh, you know that I love uh, – the more distressed, the better. Basically, I love holes in uh, in my clothing. <laughs> and if I don't have enough holes, I make them myself. Um, and then obviously the things that underpin the business that I'm in is fashion and, and culture um, and especially that, that culture bit. I I think culture is what really drives civilization forward. You can see how businesses uh, that involve culture in, in 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 a very authentic way they really succeed. Um, and it's also a great way of doing business. Like if your if your business is, is is influenced by culture and also pushes culture forward, then then you're doing really good things. And if I could talk about those four things for the rest of my life. I'm going to be a happy man. Um, I'm certainly going to be a very very fulfilled man. Okay, um, but hey. The first episode, um, and, I, and I, I've upset the precedence, is, is basically well, the reason I want to do this episode is, is an introduction. I want to tell you a bit about me, um, who I am, um, why I'm getting into this, and why I'm doing this. So, for those of you who know me, you'll 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 will have followed my journey um, through all my personal socials and whatnot. But um, for those of you who don't, my name is Glenn. I'm an, I'm an Australian guy. I live here in Dubai in the UAE. Um, I, I had a pretty wild twenties. <laughs> Certainly, certainly a wild 20s. If I could tell you some of the stories, you probably wouldn't listen <laughs> or I'd get in trouble. Um, but I, 
I've always been a very motivated person and I've always wanted to do really, really big things. I've always dreamt big. I'm, I'm like a, if you look at star signs or whatever the hell or whatever the fuck, um, I'm a Sagittarius and like my rising sign is Sagittarius. And what that means is I dream a lot. Um, and I've also got, and I've always had something that people have told me I've never really noticed, but I've always had an insane amount of energy. And what I like to call it is my fire. I've got this like, this burning fire in my belly that, that gets me up every day and makes me fucking work hard. Um, and if I'm working hard in something I love, it's like I've got an insane amount of energy. It's slightly different when I'm doing stuff that I don't necessarily love. The energy runs out. But if I'm doing something I love like this podcast, um, I can I can do this all day. I can do it all day, all night. I can think about it, love it, do it. It's funny. I was always pretty env- – I was always very – not envious, but for people who were like – I just love working on my business. This isn't work for me. I, I get up at 5 a.m. and I work till 12 p.m. Not that they need, they have to, that you have to work that long if you're efficient, you don't. But I was always, I guess, envious. Yeah, I was envious of the people who were able to create their life in that way, that they love something so much that they would work on it 18 hours a day. And I, and I've always had this drive to try and create that for myself. Um, and, and, and that started. I mean, the, the fire I've had my entire life, but that started when I was, you know, early, early, like late teens. I, like every young bloke, when I first left school, I wanted to make tons of money. And my friends, well, my parents were like, if you want to make money, be a sparky. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to be an electrician. So I worked really fucking hard to get an electrical apprenticeship. I moved away from the city that I was living in and I was, had a great friendship network. And I moved to a place, um, called Alice Springs, which is in, in Australia is in the middle of fucking nowhere. And it's actually where I was born. And I, really resented almost that I had to move there, but I knew I had to do it um, to get where I wanted to be in life. And if, in my background, I'd actually grew up in, a, in an even smaller town in the middle of nowhere. I was, I'm a proper farm boy, really. I grew up on a cattle farm, um, running around cows, sheep, loose, cutting loose in hay. Like I lived on a farm and, and lived in a small country town called Keith in the middle of nowhere. This is like a population of a 1,000 people, like gen- genuinely like – the town itself was boring as fuck. You know, the highlight of your week was playing footy on the weekend if, if when it was footy season. When it wasn't footy season, it was cricket. And the other times I was just helping my parents on the farm. And, you know, I got to ride motorbikes and do all that sort of stuff, which was really, really cool. And and you and I learned actually really good work ethic because I was working since on the farm since I was like 11. You know, it was whenever mum and dad needed help, I was helping out. But anyway, I had a real desire to get out of that. And I was fortunate enough that I got – sent to school and to play football and then from school I was able to meet some really cool people in there uh, from, you know from then on I, I kind of got my electrical apprenticeship um, so I moved moved to Alice Springs I, I started this electrical apprenticeship and literally I've, it was a couple of years of graft um, and and something that happened really cool there is I met some people who I didn't think I'd met really successful people Alice Springs is full of really successful and wealthy people and, and one friend who's a very good friend of mine in particular changed my perception on money and he changed my view on it. You know, when I was in that sparky mindset, I was like, I'm going to make 120K a year and, you know, then I'm sweet. I'm going to be set. I'll have my, my V8 ute, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, he, he basically opened my eyes up to actually there's, there's ways and means of building wealth and it's not working for someone essentially. He was a very successful real estate agent and, he, you know, he was making a ton of money uh, in, in commission. And I was like, uh, I just couldn't understand it, but he helped me. He showed me how to do it. He actually built his wealth through property. I, I then went down the route of trying to build as much wealth through property and whatnot. But um, 
the cool thing about getting this Sparky apprenticeship was I was able to score a FIFO job and anyone who's worked in Australia knows fly in, fly out. It's basically a cash cow. Um, and I was 22 going on 23 and I, you know, my, my hourly rate went from like $14 an hour and it jumped to 35. And when you're working as many hours you are, you start clearing serious dollars. And, um, I did that life until I was 25. Um, and it was interesting. Like I said, I, the pinnacle of, of my life at the time was to be a Sparky and getting a FIFO job was like the pinnacle of the pinnacle. Um, and I remember getting the job and about a year and a half in, I, I felt quite unfulfilled. I was making tons of money. I'd saved all my money. I bought my house. I traveled to Europe. I'd done all the crazy stuff that blokes do when they're you know, earning that money. And I realized that this isn't really what I want to do. And I could kind of see the the end point. I could see the seniors in the business and, and what they were like. And I thought that's, you know, good for them if that's what they want to do, but that's not fucking me. So I thought to myself, what am I going to do? What am I going to do next? And I'm going back to what my friend told me, it's about creating wealth. And I was like, well, what's the best way to do that? And it's like, well, build a business. I was like, fuck, I don't know anything about business, but I'm tell you what, I'm going to have a go. Um, and I, I, I thought, what's, what are the things that I love? I thought about doing tech. I thought about doing this. I thought about doing that. And I thought, no, no, I really love fashion. I always have had, you know, and loved fashion and, and I wanted to be in that game. And I made the decision then that that's what I wanted to do. So I, I went, I, um, went about starting my own label. Um, literally I meant a men's streetwear label and I had no idea what I was doing. And so, I, you know, I, I called as many people as I could. I read as much as I could on Google. I basically got this brand going and I did not know nothing about like the fashion business. I didn't understand manufacturing, sampling, pattern making, talking to manufacturers, understand how to cost all your goods and how to divide that into your unit price and, and all these sorts of things, not to mention digital marketing, website and branding and Instagram. Like I just literally had no idea, but I, I, um, I went for it. You know, uh, I jumped in the deep end and I, and I swam as best I could. And I, it was a pretty big learning curve that, um, it, it was, it taught me a lot. That's for sure. Um, taught me how to lose. I was pretty humbled by that business. You know, at that stage of my life, I, up till 25, I was pretty successful in, in society's eyes. I was making tons of money. I, you know, I had a bought a house. I had heaps of money in the bank, all that sort of jazz. Um, and I, and I thought, you know, I'm going to make, you know, a bit of a cockiness and sort of chip on my shoulder. I was like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to be a million dollar business in two, three years. Lo and behold, <laughs> I had no fucking idea what I was doing and that didn't happen. Um, and actually, I lost most of my money. But um, what I got out of it was a pretty hardcore learning experience and something that I realized about about that was I really don't know a lot and I need to go out to the world and I need to get a lot smarter. So circa 25, I was like, fuck, what am I going to do next? And um I kind of had this thing in the back of my head and it was like, Glenn, you need to move overseas. I'd traveled to London and Europe a couple of times and my eyes kind of got opened up to that part of the world and I thought, fuck, I'm young. I'm finishing up one part of my life. I've got an opportunity right now to take it. And so I went for it. I said, I said to everyone, I'm closing up the business. I'm selling everything I got. I'm moving to London. Um, and I, to be honest, brutally honest, I didn't have much to fucking sell. <laughs> so I scrounged as much money uh, as I could together. And, and a funny thing about that is when you apply for a tier, uh, five visa for the UK, you have to prove that you've got $5,000 in savings. Otherwise they won't approve you, your, your visa because they want to make sure that you're not going to get there and have no money and end up staying illegally because you can't afford to leave. 
I didn't have five grand. I barely had two. And what I did have was a personal loan that I paid off of $5,000. And I was, and for whatever reason, I hadn't canceled it and I was able to redraw on the money. So I thought, fuck it. I know what I'll do. I redrew the five grand, put it back into my workings account, printed my bank statement out, showed the visa people. All they saw was, yep, he's got five grand in his bank. They approved the visa. And the next thing you know, off I was, off I went. If they just looked at the statement, they would have seen that I just dumped five grand in my bank account about an hour earlier or something like that. It was kind of funny. It was like the universe conspired to make that happen for me. But anyway, transferred the five grand back, cancelled that loan because I knew that having a loan there could be risky if I if I ran, you know ran into trouble and whatnot. And um, and I sold the rest of my Makita kit, sold a DJ set that I had, and bought my ticket to to uh, I think I had some points from a credit card way back when I was earning Sparky money, and I used that to pay for my flight or something like that. I managed to scrounge enough together basically to get to the UK. So here I am. I land in the UK for for the like I've moved literally moved away from Australia, and and it's fucking exciting, and it and it's also fucking scary because I literally had no idea what I was going to do. I knew I would never wanted to be an electrician again. Um, it was never. I just didn't want to do that again. But I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and I also knew that I could quite cheekily kind of pause my life a little bit and do a season in Ibiza. So I did that for six months. But that's for a podcast for another time. That actually taught me a lot. Taught me a lot about sales. Um, taught me a real lot about sales. Uh, literally, commission only job selling tickets to clubs and whatnot up and down the beach. Great life. Anyway, moved back to London. Didn't know what I was going to do. And um, a f- very good friend of mine, shout out Jerome. He he told me, you know what, Glenn, I think you'd be good at recruitment. And I was like, what the fuck is recruitment? And he's like, no, nah, I think you'd be really good at it. Um, we're starting up a creative recruitment. Um, let me see if I can get you an interview. Give me your CV. So I get him his CV and I get an interview with um, with my boss, who's now a very good friend of mine and a mentor. And I had a good, great, great first interview. Um, they brought me back for a second. I interviewed with the MD, who was one of the big, one of the companies. It was a big conglomerate, this company, one of the company's biggest billers. And I thought that I'd kind of fucked the interview up, but I fortunately hadn't. And they hired me. And next thing you know, I was uh, be, I was a creative recruiter recruiting for advertising, marketing, PR in London. Very sales-driven uh, job, commission targets, uh, weekly call targets, weekly candidate meet targets. It was an intense job. But I was inspired because I, I'd, I'd moved from one career and I changed another and I was taking it on. I started again, which is pretty daunting to do at the best of times. And I was, I was doing my best and I did pretty well to start. Um, that's for sure. I, I was working insane hours, but I, I was loving the London experience. I was loving the environment that I was in. I was inspired by the people around me. I was inspired by the people making money. It was, it was fucking cool. Um, anyway, fast forward a, a couple of years and, um, the department that I wasn't well, that I was working in wasn't actually doing that well, um, and, and, and you know that was a change of leadership and a few other things that happened. And um, essentially, they had to make some make some cuts. And the particular visa that I was on was running out in, in only a couple of months. And they said, excuse me, they basically saw me as a cost. They thought, well, he's got no longevity. He can't stay on. He can't in, in the amount of time that he's got left in his visa. He's probably not going to bill much or bill enough to warrant keeping him. We're going to fire him. And so they pulled me in a room and um, and they tried to do the deed, but through the some pretty strong negotiation skills that I'd learned, and also getting my boss in to help me, who was one of my, like I said, one of my best friends now, who had my back. I negotiated to to stay during well while my visa basically saw it out. But I did not let 
fate sort of like I did not let that play out. I did not wait. I started going, okay, where's my next move? What is my next move? And at the time, I knew I didn't want to go back to Australia because I just didn't feel there was anything there for me. And I was like, fuck, where can I go next? So I looked at places where I could essentially get a visa quite easily and it was either Hong Kong or Dubai. And my now girlfriend was living in Dubai and I messaged her and I said, what um, what do you think Dubai's like? Do you think I'd like it? And I also knew in my head the place is tax-free and I can make a lot of money, da-da-da-da-da, because everyone who thinks about Dubai, what do they think? Rolls-Royce, Ferrari, Lamborghini is over-the-top money. And it has that to a degree, but it's also got this really cool culture once you get here and you experience it. But anyway, she was like, I think you'd really like it. Let me see if I can set up some interviews. I was like, okay, sweet. So... She set me up some venues and long story short, I, I managed to get a job for, for a very, very, very good recruitment boutique that focused on purely advertising, marketing, creative PR. Um, and I almost ballsed up the interview with the founder, but they, they saw my hustle and they saw my drive. And they, they saw that I really wanted to make this work. And I was fortunate enough that I got hired by them and I was able to move to Dubai, start a new life. Um, and that was exciting. Never been to Dubai before, never been to the UAE, you know, um, only heard about it. Was quite, quite happy to be the fact that I was moving into a, a place that's sunny pretty much the entire year around. In fact, when in living in London, you're used to freezing cold winters here. It's just stinking hot summers. And then during the winter, it's like 27 degrees every day. Perfect. Anywho, moved over here, started working in a recruitment boutique. That went really well. Um, it was short-lived. Uh, the market that I was recruiting for at the time kind of took a dive, um, but an opportunity presented itself and I was able to take uh, a talent management role for a large advertising company, one of the biggest here in the region. And from there, I learned a lot, learned a lot about advertising. Again, recruitment, dealing with some big, big personalities, big egos, uh, negotiating people on big salaries. These are all skills that, are, that I really am happy that I learned because I didn't have that before I moved here. And then from there, I uh, was was poached by a direct competitor and now I head up regionally a recruitment function, for again, for a large advertising company. Um and that's kind of my story um, in, in a very short nutshell and there's been some pretty crazy times in between all that, lots of ups and downs and a shitload of stress but it's all it's all been worth it and it's all certainly led me to this point. Um, but going back to Rockstar Vintage and Rockstar's podcast and why I'm doing this is I – that, you know, going back to that fire I had in my belly, like I've always had this thing where I need to – I need to create something. I need to, I really want to do something great with my life. And I don't, I know that I can't necessarily do it working for someone, but I can certainly do it working for myself or building something for myself. And um, it's a funny old time. We've got COVID going on. We've got a global recession. And they say that, you know, if you look at the last global recession, like I think there was eight unicorn billion dollar companies that come out of this recession. Um, and I thought, and I knew that I, you know, potentially I could create something. Anyway, I'm jumping on Grailed and I'm looking at vintage T-shirts and I'm like, man, these vintage T-shirts are expensive. Two, I know what people kind of get them for because I've got some networks in that community. And I thought to myself, I wonder if there's a vintage offering here in Dubai. So I Googled it, Dubai Vintage. Nothing really came up. Googled it, uh, changed the search around vintage to buy, nothing came up. Vintage offering to buy, online vintage to buy. Looked at the big e-commerce players here, whether they've got a vintage offering, nothing. My little brain goes to work. Huh, I see an opportunity. Shit, baby, I see an opportunity. So <laughs> so I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start the first vintage offering here in Dubai and I'm going to make it purely online because the world is moving online. If you if you weren't dragged kicking and screaming to online through COVID, you're going to fall behind. And, I, and I, basically everything that I've learned in the last 10 years being an adult, 
I can now apply to this business. Um, and that's uh, basically what I did. I went out and I was like, fuck this. I'm going to start rocks. I'm going to start this vintage company. And I thought, what am I going to call it? I was actually in the shower thinking about the name. And I thought, what is something that I absolutely love? Well, it's fashion, um, it's culture, it's business, and um, something that really underpins another thing that really underpins my life is music. And I'm in love with rock stars, um, the 80s rock stars, the 90s new metal, grunge, and also today's rock stars, which are really rap stars. I'm just in love with the way that they act, the way that they walk, the way that they talk, how they carry themselves, their attitude. You know, the, the, the premises of rock star vintage is founded on that attitude that you can be who you want to be, walk how you want to walk, talk how you want to talk. And basically, you know, don't answer to anyone. You, you set, you set the precedence for your life. And, um, and then I thought, I'm going to call it Rockstar Vintage. Um, Rockstar, R-O-C-K-S-T-A-A, Vintage, because that's how I wanted to differentiate myself. Um, and then off I went. I literally just went, right, I'm going to get this going. I joined a retail accelerator program that helped me get my business license and whatnot off the ground. I was fortunate enough that my girlfriend, Briar, she, um, shout out Briar Prestige International. She uh, has a branding company, so she was able to do all my branding. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Um, and then I've got this business almost off the ground. I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited to bring it to you all. Um, I want to not just build another brand that's just selling you stuff. I want to build something that brings value to you in your life. Um, I want to do amazing content. I'm going to do amazing content. This podcast is one of those arms. So, yeah, that's basically it. Um, that's that's me in a nutshell. Um, rockstar, vintage rockstar podcast. It's all about the attitude that rockstars carry. Um, it's all about being a rockstar in your life or be a rockstar. Um, and I just want you to just to take that on, take that message on. If there's anything that you can get out of this podcast, if, if you listened all the way to the end, so thank you if you had. It's that um, – you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. Uh, you only need to make that choice or you have to make that choice for yourself. Don't let society's view dictate what you should do. Don't let your history, just because you were a Sparky or a this or a that, doesn't mean that you can't do something else, especially if it's something that you're really passionate about. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Jobs talked about passion and how you have to be really, really passionate about it because it's, it's fucking hard. And unless you've got that passion, you're really not going to be able to see it, see it through to the end. So, yeah, pursue your passion. Pursue that thing that you love doing. Don't stop until you find it. Um, I'm fortunate that I that I knew it was, for me it was fashion, business, apparel, culture. Um, that you know, and if I could tie music into all that, which I do, because uh, I absolutely love it, then 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 I'm going to live a fulfilling life. So yeah, guys, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Episode number one done. Please have a listen. Uh, if, if you'd be so kind as well to give us a follow, Rockstar, R-O-C-K-S-T-A-A underscore vintage, spelt vintage, or check out the website. It's launching soon. Please just sign up in the meantime, www.rockstarvintage.com. Again, Rockstar is spelled R-O-C-K-S-T-A-A vintage.com. Would love to have everyone's support um, and hopefully I can uh, shout out uh, or give the next um, or provide really good value to you rather. Um, and just want to give a quick shout out again to Carlo Milo Fitness, the Scotsman. Um, he's going to be my first guest if you hadn't guessed it already. <laughs> so I'll tell you why I whisper, whisper the Scotsman when I talk about him uh, on the next podcast. But anyway, hope you all have a good one. It's been a pleasure. Be a rock star. Later.